This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Today, there are only two operative words. All rise. The judge renders his verdict north of the border. The question is, what should it mean? We will answer that as we roll along. Busy day, let's go. Here we go! go, go. Only one place to start. Right, only one place to start here on ESPN Radio. It's brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. And the smartest thing I'll do today is to keep these linebackers hanging out with me. I got Rob Ninkovich and Bart Scott who are good enough to stick around after we wrap up Get Up. We will definitely set aside plenty of time for Aaron Judge hitting his 61st home run last night, and Nuno was with us today, and everybody else will have the assembled members of the hashtag crew. But I'll start with these guys because I just get the one opportunity as they got to go do their other things today um, to do a little football conversation, which I am excited to have the opportunity to do as well. So we're going to get to Judge, I promise, uh, in just a little bit. But let's start with the NFL, and let's start with tonight's game. You know, Bart, we've had some interesting discussions on Get Up all through the course of the week, and you jumped right into it with both feet today, yeah. about Tua and the Dolphins. They're 3-0, and and if they were a college team, they'd be ranked number one based up on the, the quality of the opposition yes. they've played. Like, they've beaten good teams, and he's shown you some stuff. Like, he, he came back from being hurt and bounced back big, and Dan Orlovsky did a nice tape earlier this week on some of the tough throws he's making, not just the <laughs> easy stuff to wide-open receivers. But you speak on, on behalf of a lot of people and you say you you have not seen everything you need to from Tua heading into Cincinnati tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I need to see a lot more. I mean, he's throwing – it's almost like he's back in Alabama. He's throwing to those great receivers. They're wide open. They have separation. And sometimes he throws into tight covers. Yes, I'm not going to take anything away from him. But I'm still not ready to put him in, into the elite. And already we're having concerns about what we've always had concerns with, his health. And can he really sustain and be able to, to survive and last the rigors of an entire season? Talk about 17 games and being hit. So far, not so good. He's already banged up on injury report, and who knows if he lasts. I just think that, you know, at the end of the day, the cream rises to the top, and ultimately the teams that have the best chance in being successful in football is the ones with elite quarterbacks, not the ones with game managers or glorified game managers. But to the team that they're playing tonight, it, you put him on a different level. He's Joe a, Burrow's team, yes. is a, he is a different level of player. He's a different animal, and he has his weapons back. And, you know, early in the season, you know, a lot of these – teams and a lot of these um, protégés that come from Sean McVay, they don't play their players in preseason. He had the he had the element where he missed time. And I think think they're finally getting their their sea legs underneath him. You know, DJ Reed is playing tremendous. Trey Henderson is defensive player of the week. I think they make it a little bit more difficult for, for Tua Tungavaloa. And right now this team is feast of famine on the, on that side of the ball. When you think that, you know, the Miami Dolphins are thirty first in rushing in, in the NFL, you can't be a one-sided, one-dimensional team and think you're going to have long-term success. So the Dolphins have knocked off Buffalo, and they've knocked off Baltimore, and then their other win is New England. And, you know, Nico, there's a lot of chatter, and, and we will play some of Bill Belichick's sound bites from yesterday a little later in the show. They were fascinating. Um, there have been, there's been a lot of chatter about how 
things really feel like they've taken a step back in New England. You obviously live there. You're obviously close to the situation. How would you describe your level of concern for what you're seeing right now for, look, a, a program that has been on top for two decades? Uh, l- listen, you, you, you can't uh, sugarcoat it. They're one and two. They've only won one game, and the other two games, their starting quarterback had to go get x-rays. So when you, you take into account you know, the way that they look, Usually, the Patriots pride themselves on taking the football over on defense, taking it away, and protecting the football on offense. They preach that from day one. Take care of the football defensively. Create turnovers. So when you see a team that has turned the ball over eight times and they really haven't created any turnovers defensively, that's something that we haven't seen. That's something that the New England area hasn't seen. They've seen a team that's always consistently – created turnovers, and protected the football. So that's probably the number one thing that is glaring right now is they have to protect the football. And then you also look at just the style of offense. I said this before the season. What is their identity? What type of team is this? What what would you hang your hat on with this team? And right now, their defense, yeah, they've played well, but they've also given up. You play the Ravens, and you give up a bunch of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, in the red zone, you can't have that. And then you look at the starting quarterback, Mac Jones. Did they put him in the proper position with some of the decisions that they made in the coaching staff? You know, not going and getting an offensive coordinator, strictly an OC. You know, has that put him in the right place? I, I don't know. They go and they sign two big-time tight ends for a ton of money, and where are they? Are they still on the roster? I, I mean, you don't really hear about them, so they're still on the roster. Nobody sees that. Nobody knows that they're still here. So they really haven't won in the draft. They haven't made any splash, big splashes in free agency where the guys actually hit a home run. Maybe mm-hmm. Judon, you could say, was a good signing. But at, that, at, at, at this point right now, with your starting quarterback out for maybe four to six weeks, nobody knows what they're going to do with that injury with the high ankle sprain and Mac Jones. Yeah, you'd be a concern. Where's this season going? Are they a playoff contending team at this point? No. Here's why I'm so happy that I was able to come on your show because yeah. I wasn't able to address it on, on, on Get Up. Go. Because when you consider when, all the things you said that, you know, we're not accustomed to the Patriots making mistakes and turning the ball over. You know when you turn the ball over, because I've been on the other side of that, when you're on a bad football team and when you don't have talent, you know, because you're trying to punch above your weight class and you're just not capable of doing it because the other team has better players and they force you into those mistakes, right? It's been such a luxury for New England and the Patriots to have an elite quarterback like Tom Brady that can erase anything. Like, I can't express to our listeners enough the mental anxiety when you're going against a great player that you feel like you have to be perfect for the entire four quarters. When I look at Mac Jones, I'm not afraid. I believe that I can find a way to win because I don't think that he can really be a force multiplier. And I look at the roster and I'm looking at who am I supposed to be afraid of? All I know is they're going to be well coached. They're going to be disciplined. But if it comes down to us as an opponent not making mistakes, I know that I have the better players. And I think everybody, everybody, including the Jets within that division can say, I'd rather have my roster than have theirs. And you can never say that about a Patriots team. So I think tough times are coming because they haven't prepared for the future well. The, the Tom Brady exit strategy did not work out. They didn't have an exit strategy. And now it's this huge like vacuum there in New England now that Tom Brady's not there. And they're going to have a long time figuring it out. We've seen other organizations do that when they lost their 
Hall of Fame great quarterback. Yeah, look, I mean, it took Denver a really long time. It took Miami, as taken, Miami. Buffalo. A really long time. Buffalo a really long time. They finally got it right, but it took decades. I mean, Tom Brady's don't come along very often. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're a renter, make sure you're protected. Renter's insurance includes options that cover stolen property, personal injury, and living expenses if your place is damaged. Quote, renter's insurance at Progressive.com. Two other things I want to get to with you guys, and then I'm going to get to a bunch of baseball today. Um, the Bears, that's your yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play the Giants in a battle of two and ones. I can't remember a time that two winning teams played each other at any point in a season <laughs> and the game felt quite like this. <laughs> you, you know what I wish, Greeny? Yeah. I, I, I wonder if Fox, I think it's on Fox. I wonder if Fox can uh, hear me on this one. Go. They should play this game in black and white. <laughs> they should take it back. They should actually, actually play it in black and white. Just like old school, take away your 4K, so it's like what 360, whatever yeah. it used to be when yeah. you watched te- television, because yeah. that's what it is. It's the Bears don't throw the football. I don't know the stat, but I think it's like 1970 <laughs> something. 74 was the last time a team had that record with the amount of passing attempts. Well, 45, so, right? Yes, yeah, it's it's insane. So you look at the Bears. What are they doing to help out their quarterback? Well, maybe not throwing the football because they don't yeah. have the protection there. So maybe the, the thing that they're thinking in their head of, oh, how do him. we preserve this guy? Let's not put him in harm's way. Let's not put him out there to get his head taken off by dropping him back 50 times. So they're running the football. I, I think that the Bears are going to be in a tough spot. We Listen, we didn't think the Bears were going to do much this season anyway. Mm-hmm. So – I don't mind preserving the quarterback considering he's going to be the future of this team if they can get a few pieces to help him out along the way. And if, it's, and if, they, and if Fox is listening, if they decide to put it in black and white, <laughs> they need to put the uh, Benny Hill ding, 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 and just kind of speed it up These to 1.5. These are two and one teams, Bart. And you have no – the Giants, I mean, they were in that game con- against yeah. the Cowboys the other night. Yeah. They're, they're a quarter away from being 3-0. and yeah. See, but I'm concerned with the Giants for a different reason. I'm concerned with the Giants because they are capped out. They're tapped out. So now you have to rebuild. So this is the best team that you're going to have for a long time for our personnel. They have to try and figure out a way to move Kenny Galladay. We don't know if Kadarius uh, Tony likes football. Even with um, Saquon Barkley looking like he's a, a good football player and he's back to being who he is, you don't invest that type of money into a, a running back. Daniel Jones is – I hope Daniel Jones get away. I mean, listen, he should be filing – felonious assault charges on Dave Gettleman yep. and the entire regime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never seen a quarterback put under that much duress, and you've got two first-round draft picks, high first-round draft picks, on the outside, and he still couldn't put his back foot in. So they're going to have to strip this thing down and build it back up. Where you look at the the, the Bears, they've already struck it down, right? I, I feel like the, the, the Giants are, when they look on the other sideline, they're seeing their future. Right, they're seeing their future next year with a young quarterback, without an offensive line and a team that can protect them. That's going to be stripped of all their veteran players. One more thing for you, Bart, because you remain close to the Jets and you're around a lot. What should we be expecting with Zach Wilson finally back this weekend against the Steelers? What we expect and what we get is two different things. I can't say what we're going to get, but what I expect is for him to show some growth. You know, all the things that he did in the offseason, getting his receivers to come out and build that chemistry and camaraderie. I want to see that. I want to see what Trevor Lawrence looks like because Trevor Lawrence looks like, okay, now that I have the weapons, I can show you the talent that I have. We know that he has the weapons. We know that Garrett Wilson is special. We know that Brees Hall is a player. We know that Elijah Moore is a player. Now I want you to see them. I want to see their skills illuminate 
with his athleticism and his strong arm. Remember, greatest throw of the offseason or, you know, the uh, process before he got drafted. I want to see him use it the right way. I want to see athleticism. I want to see them getting him on the edges. All the things you couldn't do with, um, with, with Joe Flacco, I want to see from, from Zach Wilson and see the growth. If not, it doesn't matter about how good Brees Hall is, Garrett Wilson is. I just spoke about how hard it is not to have a great quarterback. And if they don't have a great quarterback, all those weapons are going to be nullified. No, that's right. And, and look, Trevor Lawrence right now, and, and you brought up the point this morning, I mean, how bad does Urban Meyer look? Yeah. When you watch Jacksonville, I had both you and Graziano this morning picking the Jaguars to beat the unbeaten Eagles this coming Sunday. And I don't know if it'll happen or not, but it wouldn't be a shock. And that right. statement alone is quite remarkable. All right, I'm going to get to a bunch of baseball. Guys, I love you. Thank you. That's Ninko. That's Bart Scott who will, of course, be coming up with his show in just a little bit. There are so many podcasts out right now. It takes a team of people to bring them together, whether you're hiring for a podcast or for your growing business. One place makes that easy, and that's ZipRecruiter. You can try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Coming up, the words of the night were clearly all rise, but there are a lot more than two words to be said about that, and we will do it next. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And the 3-2. Drill deep to left field. This could be it. See ya. He's done it. Number 61. He's been chasing history, and now he makes it. He and Roger Maris are tied with 61 home runs, the most anybody has ever hit in a single season in American League history. There's our buddy Michael Kay with the call on yes. Yesterday as Aaron Judge hit 61, and in any language it was an incredible moment. Judge, batazo, profundo por el izquierdo. W-A-D-O for the call uh, all over the world. The shot heard around the world, the shot that changes so many things, a moment that many of us never thought we would see as a player hitting 61 home runs without any questions whatsoever, or at least not the same kinds of questions that we currently have about all of the players who have ever hit that many home runs, save for one. 
That, of course, is Roger Maris, whose son, Roger Maris Jr., was there last night to see it. I think it means a lot, and that's not just for me. I think it means a lot for a lot of people, you know, that uh, he's clean, he's a Yankee, he plays the game the right way, and, uh, you know, I think it gives people a chance to look at somebody who, uh, you know, should be revered for hitting 62 home runs and not just as a, a guy who did it in the American League. He should be revered for you know, being the actual single-season home run champ. I mean, that's really who he is if he hits 62, and uh, and I think that's what needs to happen. I think baseball needs to look at the records, and I think baseball should do something. All right, so the assembled members of the Hashtag crew are here. That's Bubba, that's Nuno, and Hembo, who said to me earlier today, and the fact that Bond, Sosa, and McGuire all did this in the National League is just a coincidence. So the fact that this is the American League record isn't enough. It doesn't feel like enough to me. How does it feel to you? I agree with that. The fact that those three guys did so in the National League, this is not a case in which the American League was testing for steroids and the National League was not. We obviously know that is not the case. But in my judgment, even though this is not the you know, actual record, the fact that those three guys did do it actually amplifies what Aaron Judge has done. Here's what I mean. We know how incredibly hard it is to hit 60 home runs in a season because only Ruth and Maris had ever done it. It's so hard that you literally had to cheat in order to do so. So I guess if you asked 100 baseball fans today or the day that Aaron Judge hits number 62, who's the actual champ, the way that Roger Maris's kid phrased it, the actual champ, I think more often than not, people are going to say Aaron Judge. Here's what I'm going to say, and we're going to ask you that question a little later. I am going to open the phones, but don't call now. Because we'll give you our thoughts, and and then I'll tell you when to call. I don't want you to sit on hold all morning long here. Uh, But I will at some point this morning ask for your phone calls and your thoughts on what this means, what this record means. Because, again, it is a record. It's not just the American League record. No one knows or cares what the American League record is for anything else. Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hit streak is not the American League record in any more reason than Pete Rose's 44-game hit streak is the National League record. We don't get excited when someone approaches that. So what does this actually mean? I've given this a lot of thought of late, and I want to preface my comments by saying I know that I can't assume everyone listening right now listens to me all the time. So I feel a need to state for the record before I say anything else. If I was a Hall of Fame voter, I would vote for Barry Bonds, I would vote for Mark McGuire, and I would vote for Sammy Sosa. Now, if you read my first book, which was published almost 15 years ago, you might say, Greeny, you wrote the opposite of that in your book. And that's true. I did. Because 15 years ago, I saw this very differently. Mm. 15 years ago, I thought that a few players were cheating within the sport, that they were outliers and that they did not deserve to be celebrated for having done so. I subsequently learned over the course of time that I was wrong. Learning, changing your opinion on things, especially in light of new information, is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. It's not flip-flopping. It's recognizing that we don't always know everything. The information I had was incomplete. And with the release of Jose Canseco's book and all of the things that followed, and oh, by the way, it was Jose Canseco who changed everything. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I was there covering it on the front lines. This was Jose Canseco's book that changed everything. But anyway... 
in the light of the new information I have, which is that this was not a problem that was unique to just a handful of players, but that some number, I believe greater than 50% of Mm. players in Major League Baseball were using at that time, that I've come to feel like I can't sit in judgment of the people who chose to do this. I can't pretend these things didn't happen. I believe that we should celebrate the greatest players of their era and let history tell the story. So I would put them in the Hall of Fame. I would also, however, commemorate when he gets to 62, Aaron Judge as the single season record holder, and we have found an easy way to do it. I'll give you more context before I tell you what that way is. I'm old enough to remember when an NFL season only consisted of 14 games. Before that, there were 12 Then it went to 16, and now, of course, it's 17. So if Jim Brown ran for 1,642 yards in a season, I'm just making numbers up, in a 12-game season, and then someone in a 17-game season ran for 100 more yards than that, does it seem reasonable to say, well, the record is now this, even though the accomplishments were completely different? To me, the answer is no. So I believe the NFL record books for all single season records should be adjusted to show what the record was in a 12-game season, what the record was in a 14-game season, what the record was in a 16-game season, and when they are broken, what the record is now in a 17-game season. It's not diminishing anything. It's not diluting. It's adding context. Running for 2,000 yards in a 14-game season, which O.J. Simpson once did, is not the same thing as running for 2,000 yards in a 16-game season as Eric Dickerson once did. And if someone does it in 17 games and breaks that record, it isn't the same thing. There's nothing wrong with that. And in the same way, there's nothing wrong with adjusting baseball's record books to reflect Some records that were set or held prior to 2000 and what is the year when they instituted the testing? 2005. 2005. Between 1985 and 2005, there was no joint drug program. And then after. So this was the record before drug testing. This was the record after. And in that way, there'll be room for Barry Bonds and there'll be room for Aaron Judge. That's what I think. Hembo, what do you think of that? I'm good with it. I do believe that Barry Bonds and McGuire and Sosa, those numbers still belong. Those numbers are still valid. Those things counted. Those things happened. I was there. You were there. We marveled at the time. And so to, you know, to gaslight the baseball audience to pretend they didn't is something that I'm not comfortable with. I am, however, very comfortable with using much more than the American League distinction to recognize that what Judge and Maris and Ruth did were greater things. We know that for sure. We know that for sure based upon all the evidence we have in 150 years of baseball history. And so I'm good if you want to add a note in the record book that says during this 20-year span, we didn't test anybody for anything. And that happens to coincide with when all these records went down. To me, that is perfectly reasonable. There is a very bad connotation to an asterisk in baseball. And I know that I'm talking to a lot of people right now who aren't old enough and maybe you're not students of the history of sports to understand what that connotation is. But the commissioner of Major League Baseball at the time, Ford Frick, when Roger Maris broke Ruth's record for a single season, decided to add an asterisk next to the record that Maris had set to 
illustrate that he had hit this in a longer season. The season had just expanded to 162 games, and that's how many it took him to hit 61, and that Ruth had hit 60 in a 154-game season. The asterisk was what they got wrong. Mm. What they just needed to do was celebrate both records, acknowledge both records. It isn't the same thing. Frick wasn't totally off base. He happens to have been painfully biased because he was actually he he he, he ghost wrote Babe Ruth's autobiography. So I mean, he was painfully biased on the subject, but he, that does not mean that he was completely off base in saying these accomplishments aren't exactly the same. Let's not treat them as though they're exactly the same, and let's acknowledge both of them. That isn't a bad idea. In fact, it's the right idea. Let me bring Bubba into this conversation because, Bubba, you were a man of great judgment and you were actually seriously considered to be the commissioner of baseball at a time um, when, when uh, you know, before uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the move was made to, from Bud Selig to Rob Manfred. I, I believe at that time it, there were about four serious candidates and you were one of them because of your extensive uh, history in the sport. So right. with that as the background, what do you think? Uh, what do you think should be done if and when the Yankees have an off day today? They have a three game series with the Orioles in the Bronx uh, this weekend. And then where do they finish, Hembo? They finish uh, against the Rangers on the road. On the road against the Rangers. So they have a total of, what do they have, seven games left? Yes, and three games at home. Seven games left. So that's that's what they have remaining. Assuming he hits his 62nd, what would you, Bubba, do if you were given carte blanche to choose how to handle it in the record book? Well, I, I, well, first of all, I'm, I'm just glad he finally hit it because I would get I'm tired of just having to switch over. And honestly, I, I, I missed it last night because I just I couldn't keep switching over to you know from the games and shows or whatever. I'm, I'm just glad he finally did it. Uh, but I think your idea makes perfect sense of just look identify this is what the record was during this time, eighty five to two thousand five, whatever it was, and then this is a record from this time. I think that you know I think that makes perfect sense. I think. It, it, there's logic behind it, and it's. I think celebrate both. Don't ignore it, but I think just just explain the difference between the two. I think that makes sense. Do I think Manfred will do it? Absolutely not, but I think it makes sense. Well, do you know who's going to get the chance to ask him that question? We are. I just got word yesterday that uh, the commissioner is going to come here and do the show. All He's right. going to do Get Up for sure, and I hope that he'll do the radio show as well. Nice. The day after the season ends. So is that next Thursday, I want to say? After the regular season ends? Yes. Yes, that'll be uh, the middle of next week. Next, it's next. I believe he's coming in here next Thursday. Yeah, I think it ends on a Wednesday. We yeah. were just talking about it yesterday. He's coming in on whatever the day. I think the season ends Wednesday, and I believe he's coming here Thursday. So we will have this conversation with him, and, and, and it is not an adversarial one. Look, this is a hard job. His job. My job is easy. I sit here and yell out ideas with no consequence, no ramifications. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. We've been joking forever about how wrong I am about everything, and it's made me very successful. (laughs) But he can't afford to get stuff like that wrong, so I get it. I'm not critical of baseball for not doing it this way, but it is a suggestion. I would describe this as a suggestion and I think a reasonable one. Now, I hope that you had the opportunity to be with us last Friday because Bob Costas... You described it as a master class. What is that thing they call it? Uh, is, is it called master class? I think they're like um, YouTube classes yes. that you can take. It's a master mm-hmm. class. He taught a master class in baseball analysis on this show in a 15-minute guest spot that he did with us last Friday, talking about this subject 
Exactly. You detail all these things, primarily day ball, entirely day ball, primarily night ball, cross-country travel, expansion, all of those things, analytics would be part of it. And then prominently among those differences would be the so-called steroid era in which statistics, especially power statistics, out of whack in the eras that immediately preceded and followed occurred. Consider all these things to whatever extent you wish as you read through the numbers that are reflected, the raw numbers that are reflected in baseball reference or the baseball encyclopedia. I think that's the best that they can do. People put that cluster of seasons that includes every 60-plus home run season not involving Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, and now Aaron Judge, they put it in a different place. They're not necessarily condemning those guys. Product of the time, lots of guys would have done it. Past Hall of Famers of previous generations have said, hey, if it was available and I needed it and people were getting a competitive advantage over me, I might have done it. It's not a question of morality or criminality, but it is a question of authenticity. And to one extent or another, what McGuire, Sosa, and Bonds did was inauthentic. So the only problem I have with Bob Costas is that he just says what I think so much better than me that it frustrates me like crazy. I've been doing this job a very long time, and there are very few people. I have an ego like everybody else, and I think I'm pretty good at talking. And there are very few people that when they talk, I think to myself, my goodness, I would kill to talk like (laughs) that guy does. Um, And he is one of very few of those people, but he is the best, and I think he said it extraordinarily well. I like the phrase that he used. He used the word, the phrase, out of whack. And I think that's important because right now, Aaron Judge has 19 more home runs than any player in the sport. What he's doing is isolated. It is a singular effort. Those massive seasons that Bonds and McGuire and Sosa had, listen to this. In 01, when Bonds hit 73, Sosa hit 64, plus 9. In 99, when McGuire hit 65, Sosa hit 63, plus 2. And in 98, it was 70 to 66. In other words... The differential between one and two in those seasons was plus 15 combined. Aaron Judge is 19 home runs clear of anyone else in the sport right now. That's how we know for sure that was inauthentic, and this is. Well, you are my researcher extraordinaire, so I'm going to give you a moment to do some research. And then I'm going to ask you this question. I want other numbers from those seasons. Because there were other numbers those years that were completely out of whack. Not just the guys who finished in the 60s. But we all know the Brady Anderson stories and all of the other ones that just didn't make it. Do not, in, in the light of day, don't make sense. It does not make sense to go from hitting 17 home runs one year to 50 in the next year. Those things don't happen. In baseball history, they never happened except during that little period of time. I say this only to say, I agree with what Bob just said. This is not about assigning blame. This is not about casting aspersions. This is not about uh, exiling people. It is about authenticity. It is about making sure that we are, that there is context in the way we view these things. So we're going to give uh, Hembo a little time to look up those numbers. We have still have to, uh, much more on this. I'm going to get your phone calls in a little later, I promise. Uh, we have to talk about Frankie Lasagna as well. So there's a lot going on here as we continue. But coming up next, I'm going to read you the details on the one list in sports I would most like to be on. Greeny, the podcast. A couple of other things I wanted to get in on Aaron Judge and the home run. Because among the many names and words that were trending after he hit it, certainly Aaron Judge was trending, Yankees was trending, Roger Maris was trending, Bonds, I believe, is still trending. The, word, the letters PEDs were trending. And right there amidst all of it, 
were the words Frankie Lasagna. In case you don't know why, Frankie Lasagna was trending because he had a really good chance to catch Judge's home run ball last night. He is, apparently, a very well-known Blue Jays fan who sits out there in the in the in the in the bleachers, you know, he's out there in the in the outfield. And he brought his glove to the game yesterday. He says he never brings his glove to a game, but he's got a chance to catch a ball that could be worth a million dollars or more. And he was this close. I mean, he was very close. And then there were all these reaction shots of his devastation at not catching the ball. And, you know, he's uh, Frankie Lasagna is just a unique sounding name, obviously. And so people latched on to that and his look of just total dismay. But Nuno, I have a problem with Frankie Lasagna, and it has nothing to do with him wearing a glove to a game, which under these circumstances I actually approve of. And it certainly doesn't have anything to do with him failing to catch the ball. Who am I to say I would have caught it in that circumstance? It's not an easy play to make. But I did a little research. You know, I am a journalist, and I did a little Frankie Lasagna research. <laughs> he owns a restaurant in Toronto, Nuno, called Terrazza. And so I went to the menu of this restaurant, and they do not serve lasagna. Now, it seems to me that if I were to make my name Frankie Lasagna because I own a restaurant, wouldn't I have to, by definition, have lasagna on the menu? How many people go in there and say, oh, well, Frankie Lasagna, the lasagna has to be the specialty, it has to be outstanding, and there's no lasagna. There's bolognese, there's gnocchi, there's bruschetta. There's my personal favorite, the insalata caprese. This is my favorite cuisine, Italian cuisine. And yet, how does Frankie Lasagna not have lasagna on the menu? Nuno, I ask you. Maybe he's worried it's just not that good, that, so he can't do that. Maybe it's one of those, you know how like you call a, a, small, a huge person tiny, a you know, like one of those kind of, you know, a heavier set person, slim. Maybe it's one of those type of setups. I don't know. I, I'm thrown off by this. Like, it just, it bothers me. I went on the menu. I, I, I went on the menu of the website of the restaurant so that I could just confirm that he serves lasagna because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to say about it on TV. And I found to my amazement that they do not serve lasagna. Wasn't it a, a thing, like, way back when, like, hundreds of years ago, that your last name would be your profession? Like, shoemaker yeah. or brewer or whatever, right? Yes, that's how we got the names, like, carpenter and things like that. Yes, that's correct. What is this man doing? This I don't is an know. egregious oversight. That's true. You can't possibly be Frankie Lasagna, own an Italian restaurant, and not serve lasagna. That's correct. You can't... The violation. If, if, if your name was Frankie Lasagna and you owned a sushi restaurant, you should still <laughs> serve lasagna. Like, it just doesn't make... And any sense what about if you know how when you go to like McDonald's or you know um, uh, In and Out they have um, the secret menu and uh, it's not on the menu but people always everyone knows the menu it's like I'll have you know what you order it maybe the lasagna is on the secret menu. Well, let so, me ask you a question. So they have lasagna, you just have to order it on the secret menu. I have a question for you, Bubs, and yeah. I mean this in all honesty. Does McDonald's have a secret menu? Like, is the, oh, yeah. the it does? Is oh, this yeah. something that only the truest McDonald's aficionados are aware of? Like, you can walk into a McDonald's and order off the menu? Definitely, yeah. What, what, what is on this secret menu? 
I can't think it's of things off the top secret. of it. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of it off the top of Are you of my making head, this up? Or, I mean, I'm, I'm now being completely, we are no longer joking. I'm now in the realm of being completely serious. I haven't been in a McDonald's in a long time, but like everyone, I've been in many McDonald's in my life. And I, I, I absolutely would not have guessed there was a secret menu that you could order from. Bubba's right. This is fairly well known. A, a lot of times, it's it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of it like it's co- combinations of mm-hmm. things. So, are you all putting me on? I mean, you're saying that in a weird way. How so? You just the way you said that seemed weird to me. No, it's it's 100 percent real. Like one of the one of the ones is uh, it's called the land, air, and sea, and it's like uh, it's um what is it? Do you, uh, you have it there? It's like it's fish, it's fil- the fish, of fish. Yeah, chicken, chicken. Mm-hmm. and uh, like a burger. It's all together. Land, air, and the sea. Of What's fish, in the air? The Big Mac. Well, what's in the air? <laughs> chicken? <laughs> Maybe? Yeah, chicken, chicken doesn't fly. Chicken they have wings. They have wings? They may have wings, but they don't fly. Well, I mean, it's a cool name, though, still. Do a surf you and turf? The it doesn't make any more sense to name that dish that than it does well, to have it's a, a restaurant secret, and be it's named not, Frankie Lasagna and not serve lasagna. All right, we got to get to the bottom of this. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.